0: Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we have the opportunity to reflect into the richness of the Gospel text this 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and I will be coming to you with Debbie Rosales. So, Debbie, great to have you with me another Thursday.
1: It's great to be here.
0: So, Debbie, this 20th Sunday of Ordinary Time will have us reflecting into God's love, and most especially this image of uh, fire, uh, this image of heat. Um, But before we go there, I want to respond to a question, a question about how to approach sacred scripture. And and the question was very specific, not so much about the tools, per se, in the light of the literal sense and the spiritual sense, but the virtues. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are a lot of virtues that are needed to better understand sacred scripture, but all virtues are second to the virtue of humility. Why? the Word of God is, well, God. God could have come to us in so many different ways. He could have come to us as we want Him to come to us in a way that says, okay, yeah, there's God. Mm -hmm. Easy enough, right? You know, Debbie, uh, God meets us exactly where we are at, and He walks with us exactly as He is, and if we're going to understand that for what it is, we must approach Him in humility. So when we open up the Word of God, whether it's Genesis 1-1 or Matthew 1-1, or if it's Genesis 20 or, or Revelation 15, whatever scripture passage that you are drawn to today, pray for the gift of humility and work on that virtue of humility. And in doing so, what you will find is really the inner depths of the heart of God.
1: I love the... Um, gosh, I don't even know where it comes from, Joe, but... I just remember hearing it for most of my life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Is yes. that is that the prophet? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, S- Samuel. Uh, Samuel? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought it was. To say that as we get ready to read scripture, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm-hmm. And and to open our heart to what he has to say to us Yes, is um, the right attitude, the right disposition to be like Mary at his feet, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago.
0: And the virtue of humility is openness, because if pride constricts us and closes us up, then it is the virtue of humility that opens us up. We often go to God, and we say, uh, Lord, listen, your servant is speaking, right? As opposed to, (laughs) Lord, speak, your servant is listening. That's pride. Mm -hmm. No, humility says, Lord, speak, your servant is listening. And it is that virtue of humility. And, you know, Why? Because we're not caught up in protecting this false self, right? We're not caught up in protecting someone we are not. No, we accept ourselves for who we are, and we go from there. That's why I say God meets us exactly where we are at and walks with us exactly as He is, because it is only then that we can begin to see things for what they are, because we're not so concerned then with, you know, protecting this person that we really aren't. I say that, Debbie, because, I mean, how many times have we in our conversations protected the false self, Mm -hmm. right? Um, This is a great challenge for all of us, really. So uh, my answer to you out there is the virtue of humility, the virtue of humility, and of course, to call upon the Holy Spirit as you Mm -hmm. speak to it, Debbie, to invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That is uh, central.
1: Shall we jump into our gospel?
0: Please do, yes. Yes.
1: Today we're reading from Luke 12:49 through 53 and it says Jesus said to his disciples I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing There is a baptism with which I must be baptized and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished Do you think that I have come to establish peace on earth No I tell you but rather division from now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law.
0: Hmm. Debbie, can you read those first two verses for me again?
1: Sure. Jesus said to his disciples... I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. Mm-hmm. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is
0: accomplished. Amen. So that first verse there, I've come to set the earth on fire, you know, that might be better translated as I have come to cast fire, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Greek there is um, balain. Balain. It is a word that really echoes the events that took place in Sodom and Gomorrah when God was casting fire, mm-hmm. or maybe even in the events of Elijah, where God uh, had casted fire and that fire consumed Elijah's enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the incarnation of this fire. He's casting fire. Huh? He's balain. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this, Debbie, is. Uh, in the Greek, we have some play on words because what is Satan's function? Well, to confuse, confuse. Mm-hmm. To, to scatter, scatter right? right? The Accused. Greek for that, right, is diabolane. It's where we get the word diabolical, diabolain. So Satan's function then is to confuse, right, the fire that Jesus is casting, mm. that Jesus is hurling that Jesus is essentially setting the world on fire with. He wants to take that fire and he wants to manipulate it. Huh? Mm-hmm. Now, let's take this one step further. If this casting is Balain and Satan's function is to confuse us in the diabolane, how might we distinguish between those two? Well, we enter into Mary's pondering a word we read at the end of Luke chapter 2. The Greek for pondering is simbalen, Mm -hmm. right? Simbalen. It essentially means to distinguish, to discern. Mm -hmm. So here you have Jesus casting fire, Mm -hmm. Satan trying to confuse this fire, and enter the woman who shows us how to distinguish and discern what belongs to the adversary and what properly belongs to God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just from the outset, I wanted to throw that out there because there's something going on in the Greek that we are made to reflect with there, I think, and that could easily be lost in the English translations. And it is very important because if we are not a people of discernment, if we are not a people who are pondering, weighing, and measuring the right from wrong, then how can we possibly know um, we are walking that path that God has tread for us?
1: You know, and not only pondering the right from the wrong, but the right from the right. Mm -hmm. And that sounds Mm -hmm. funny for some, but um, Satan will use that as well. You know, we live in a society where, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm so busy. You know, that seems to be our pat answer these days. Well, discerning, I'm in this process right now. As we speak, thank you, God, for this. (laughs) Um, Some life events have kind of thrown a curveball that I didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. I have some really good stuff that the church is asking me to do. yeah. And God's also asking me to do this other thing that has come out of left field. And so I'm discerning a good and a good. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And which of these, Lord, is going to give you glory? Not me glory. Which is going to give you glory? And where is it that you want me to be? So, brothers and sisters, Satan can use us... Um, in this distracting way of causing confusion and going, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to do start this thing. And, and now this is, and then you're just all thrown out of whack. Yeah. And
0: yeah. God's
1: saying, no, 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 take it to prayer. I have some stuff I need to show you. Lord. Lord. Yes. Speak. Inhuman- your servant is listening. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's why it came to mind because I've been having to do some serious discernment. And I, just have I was supposed to give my answer for one of these important events today, and I just got clarity this morning mm. at Mass. Amen. Really.
0: Amen. So yeah. God
1: is faithful and good, but He expects us to discern yes. between what Satan throws and tries to mix up, and what He's allowing and that beauty. And He, of course, He allows. Satan doesn't have a control over it. What He allows, but we're to discern it. Mm-hmm. Was to exercise those virtues of discernment.
0: That's right, Debbie. And I like the way you put that, the right from the right, because every good is not a willed good. Right. Every good is not a willed good. I always put it in the context of the relationship I have with my children. On one occasion, my oldest son came to me and he was pulling weeds outside. You know, he wanted to let me know what he was doing and he was so proud of it. And um, he said, you know, Dad, do you want me to f- finish over here? And, and I had to say, you want to know what, Colby? thank you for starting to pull weeds, but I'm going to have to tell you no, because I have another task for you right now. And that task is to prepare the dinner table because we have guests coming. Mm -hmm. And my son, he kind of looked at me. What what do you mean, dad? Are you telling me you don't want me to pull weeds anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I am. (laughs) As much as it pains me to tell you to Mm -hmm. not pull weeds anymore, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm telling you to, well, not pull weeds anymore. Mm -hmm. What's my point? If Colby was not in relationship with his father, Mm -hmm. he would have never thought to come to me and not only tell me about what he has already done, but what else he would like to do. Mm -hmm. And I could not then tell him, no, I actually don't want you to do that good. I want you to do another good. And the only way we can then properly discern, Debbie, is to enter into that conversation with God. And yes, as we were talking about it in the opening, we do that just not in prayer as we speak to God, mm-hmm. but also by opening up sacred scripture yes. and allowing the Word of God, the Word that transcends history, to speak to us in the present moment. Right. I mean, how many times have just not you and I, Debbie, but all of us out there opened up the Word of God and said to ourselves, wow,
2: yes.
0: God, how did you know that that is exactly what I needed to hear? <laughs> you know, and it's more than just playing Bible roulette. It's, right. that's, that's not what we're talking about uh-huh. here. No. Because the Holy Spirit inspires. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit inspires. And when the Holy Spirit is inspiring, pay close attention because he wants you to pay close attention. And often it is a point of discernment. Mm -hmm. Again, just not a right from a wrong, but a right from a right, Mm -hmm. discerning the willed good in our life. Now, something else here, Debbie, as it relates to the gospel text. We often tend to think of Jesus Christ in this context of exclusively gentle, compassionate, caring, Mm -hmm. um, non-judgmental, absolutely inclusive, okay, all fine and well. He is those things to a degree, but he is also firm, strong, when necessary, quite judgmental, actually, when you read sacred scripture, and dare I say, exclusive, Mm. right? Inclusive in a context, yes, but exclusive in the sense that there are very specific things that you need to do to enter the kingdom of God. Yeah, for sure. And you want to know what There is what we call Judgment Day. We've been hearing about this in our Sunday readings over the past Mm -hmm. few weeks. The need to see that we are going to have to account for our actions. And uh, we have to keep this in mind. Now, why am I talking about this? Well, Jesus is the incarnation of God. And when he's throwing fire, he's the incarnation of that God we think about in Sodom and Gomorrah that God we think about with Elijah, right? So what gives? I mean, what gives? I, I, I thought he was gentle. I think here what could help us is Thomas Aquinas. And the principle is this. God is received in the mode of the recipient. So if we are living in God, then we are going to see all of those things as we are called to see them. If we are outside of a covenant relationship with God, we're going to see certain things as, well, quite confusing. We're not going to understand them. Um, and we might be a bit stubborn about it. We might reject it. Huh? Let me illustrate. I grew up playing basketball. And I was never really shown how to shoot a basketball. I just shot a basketball, a lot. And ever since fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I probably shot a basketball a thousand times a day. I had hopes of getting a basketball scholarship. And it wasn't until my sophomore year in high school that uh, my coach came over to me and said, you want to know what, Joe? You're not shooting that basketball right. Like, what do you mean? I, I make most of my baskets. Yeah, you shoot a pretty good percentage, but there's a way of shooting a higher percentage. You got to bring your elbow in and your, your arm has to have that 90 degree angle. And I'm like, are you telling me how to shoot a basketball? I didn't say that to my and sophomore coach. I've been doing coach. this for years. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... I've always shot a basketball a certain way. And I think, you know, I'm saying this inside my sure. mind, right? I think I shoot it pretty well. And uh, it's as if he heard me because he said, you shoot it pretty well, but again, you can shoot it really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I, okay, I went off to another gym and I started to shoot as he was telling me to shoot. And I think I missed a hundred shots in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because you were off.
0: Yeah, exactly. did feel comfortable. And it didn't feel comfortable. No. But in time, <laughs> mm-hmm. as I was... Practicing uh, the proper form. Guess what? I was shooting at a higher percentage. Sure you were. And here's my point. Initially, I did not like what my coach had to say, mm-hmm. but I had to get over it if I was going to be the best basketball person that I could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And in time, I did. The same could be said about how I was dribbling, how I was passing. Okay, all of the fundamentals that belong to the game of basketball. My coach showed me how to do it better, and I did it better. Mm-hmm. God says to us in the Christian and Catholic life, I want to show you how to do it better. Mm-hmm. Now, you might hate me for it, <laughs> but you want to know what? I need to purge things from mm-hmm. your life. Right. Uh, you need to do it a new way. And we just don't like that in the spiritual life, Debbie. Um, but is that not the journey of the spiritual life? Oh, yes. Is that not the journey of the spiritual life?
1: Unless you're going backwards in
0: yeah, that's right.
1: There's no tread in water.
0: That's right. So <laughs> in this gospel <laughs> that's talking about division within the household, within the family, mm-hmm. we have to ask ourselves a very important question. Who are we about pleasing? Brother, sister, aunt, uncle, mother, father, or God? Mm-hmm. That's a hard question. That's yeah. a very hard question Yeah, because the brother, the sister, the aunt, the uncle— the mom, the dad, that's who we see every day. And yeah, we'd like to think that we see God every day, not only in the sacramental life, but in creation itself. But maybe we don't. God has a challenge. Mm-hmm. God has a challenge for us.
1: You know, I've been watching the Olympics this last mm-hmm. few days, and I, I just w- love w- watching the Olympics. Yes. There's just something so exciting about yes. it. And you see the, you know, it's like, you see how the world could be if we all just got along and played well together.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
1: last night there was a race. There was a young man named Cody Miller on the U S team. And you know how they do kind of those little brief, um, background bios, which I just love. Yeah. And, and he talked about this birth defect that he had in his chest mm. and that, um, it became, you know, very apparent as he started to swim, A defect that could have collapsed his um, chest wall or something and lead to death. As he swam, the the doctor said, as you swim, you're going to strengthen that muscle. Mm. And it's going to broaden your chest. And it's actually going to help this defect. So he has been training and training, and he said, since I was six years old, I've wanted to be in the Olympics. So whatever happens here, I'm just so thrilled to be here.
2: Mm.
1: Well, he got a bronze medal last night. You would have thought he was every bit ex- as excited as Petey from Great Britain who got the gold. Mm. And they were next to one another. Those two young boys were so jubilant. They were hugging each other mm. and concur- it was so beautiful. And I thought, there's a one line in the scripture from our second reading that just kind of reminded me of that scene last night. They, it was just unbridled joy,
2: yeah, tears yeah. in
1: it. And it says, for the sake of the joy that laid before him, Jesus endured the cross.
2: Hmm.
1: And I thought of this young boy struggling through being out of breath and training and training and training for a joy that he hoped to have at some distant time, Mm. you know? Mm. And isn't that what we're doing? Aren't we training like St. Paul? Keep running the race, brothers and sisters. We're training for a joy we will have in heaven, Mm -hmm. something that lays before us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this goes back to the discussion, Debbie. Our crosses are our gifts. This is often the most difficult thing to just not see but understand mm-hmm. and yet it bears itself out to be true over time right the very thing that god is giving us to be again the best version that god is calling us to be in right. the case of uh what was his name
1: Cody Miller
0: Cody Miller it was this birth defect yeah that gave impetus to him becoming th- the man that he is today and and it is a gift not only for him and his own journey, mm-hmm. but also for the world. That's what I was See, thinking. What's so important for us to understand here, Debbie, is that when we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how we are called to embrace it, is how it impacts our family, mm-hmm. our neighborhoods, our communities, mm-hmm. the whole world. Right. And once we internalize this, that in of itself... Should at the very least compel us to th- start thinking about what God is calling us to do mm-hmm. and how He's calling us to receive these crosses that He gives to us that we might become the person that God is calling us to be. Right. And that this is something that belongs to His fire, mm-hmm. His love. Exactly. You know, we use the word fire, heat. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to say heat? A lot of people don't know this, Debbie, mm-hmm. but heat is really short for the phrase heat energy, mm-hmm. right? Now, why bring this up? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the all-consuming uh, love of God, fire of God, right? Well, in the Greek, its power is energia, right? mm-hmm. energy. The Holy Spirit is the heat of God, right? The heat energy of God. And how powerful is that? Because the Holy Spirit is also the the pneuma of God, the wind, the breath of right, God. Right. So Jesus says, oh, how I wish the earth was already blazing. Mm-hmm. Why? Because when he breathes his wind, his energy, what happens right. to that fire? Whom. Whom. It just sets ablaze your family, your neighborhood, your mm-hmm. communities, the whole world. So if we live in God's fire, if we live in God's love, we become that kindling that when God breathes his life into us, we begin to impact those around us.
1: It's the nature of fire to burn and transform itself into whatever comes near it. Mm. That's a beautiful thought. It is. To transform and purify. And if you've ever been to a, a worship and praise Um, singing, prayer, you know, service or just in someone's home. We used to do them in in, in a friend's home. There would be this fire, this energy, this heat, as you spoke of. You just felt the Holy Spirit just consuming. And pretty soon people were speaking words that you knew were Holy Spirit driven. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that beautiful. Well, that's what God wants. That's what God wants. He says, that's... That's my desire, yep. that you light a fire. Just like at, at Easter Vigil, when we take that the fire off the Easter candle, we mm-hmm. pass it to our brother and our sister, and we light up that darkened church, mm-hmm. it's symbolic of our world.
0: Yes. That's yes. what
1: he wants every day.
0: Amen to that. Debbie, there was a quote you had. Yes. We'll go ahead and read that. I wanted to reflect with that just for a bit.
1: Sure. Um, I was watching the ordination of three um, CFRs the other day. And in the sermon, the priest servant said to the, pre- the new priests Colby, Ignatius, and Damien, God does not need you, yet you are wanted by him. You are wanted without being needed. Out of his love for you, he called you.
0: Mm. The spiritual life is synonymous with desire. Mm -hmm. The spiritual life, Debbie, is synonymous with longing for God. The Mm -hmm. spiritual life is about desiring God as much as God desires us. And I thought that line right there spoke to it so beautifully. Mm. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we can phrase it another way he doesn't need you, but he desires you. Mm-hmm. Now, match that desire with your own desire for God. Mm-hmm. That's what the spiritual life is about. And whatever's getting in the way, right, whatever things we are attached to, it seems to be a, a recurring theme in, in our conversations, um, attachment, detachment. Right. Be present to those, please. Be present to those Please, because when we detach ourselves from those, we are free, mm. free to love God as He loves us, and isn't that an awesome vocation? And yes, is the invitation a challenge? The very word uh, "invitation," coming from the Latin "invitare," means just not to summon, but also to be challenged. Because when you have that personal encounter with Jesus Christ, you will be challenged. But that's what we were talking about earlier, right? <laughs> Bring your elbow in a little bit, Joe, right? <laughs> Get that 90-degree angle. Mm-hmm. We have to allow God, um, just not as coach, but moreover as Father, to challenge us mm-hmm. because the Father knows best. I don't know, Debbie, if you have any closing words.
1: I just love St. John of the Cross, and, and he had a little bio this week, and, <clears throat> and one of the things, they called him the, the saint who teaches detachment. Um, and he said this, God does not fit in an occupied heart.
2: Mm.
1: And God wants to unoccupy, you know, um, detach the things that are occupying our hearts. Mm. He wants to burn them, purify them, and allow him to do that. Maybe mm. this week, pray that he will give you the grace to detach some of those things that are weighing you down. mm
0: Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth.